Dr. Satan! Yeah, okay. All of my worst fears rolled into one podcast. Enjoy, everybody. I don't get the movie. You should watch it sometime. It's like a, a shitty music video from 1997. Hated this movie. And I own it on Blu-ray! Toys on strings with firecrackers in their ass and... A military guy with the blonde crew cut hair. His name is Biff. Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the internet that puts the ch-ch-ch in the ha I'm co-host Eugene Weaver. <laughs> and I'm Eric Warner. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was my Friday the 13th, or did you not get yeah, that? Oh, yeah, of course okay. I got it. Come All on, right. don't insult me. I'm a cheese. Well, I'm, you know, I'm like, I wasn't sure if you were thinking, oh, he's got allergies and he's he's exploiting <laughs> them on our podcast. <laughs> also entirely possible, but mm-hmm. I expected something horror-related because of the month we're in. Good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. How are you doing tonight, sir? Uh, I, Good. It's It's... Literally, I was flying by the seat of my pants until uh, ten minutes before we started recording. I sat down and talked with my wife for a couple minutes, and then now, now we're recording. It's like it, it feels like just a half hour ago I was in the midst of all sorts of work stuff at in Akron, uh, and now I'm now I'm here, and it's just been a, one of those days where a lot going on. But now it's chill time. Yeah, it's been one of those weeks where I've get up and I'm have been running like crazy from morning through night, getting work done and chasing after kids and, and all that crap. And I, oh, I've just been so busy. I'm so, I'm so looking forward to this little break we got this weekend. Yes. If everybody's wondering why the podcast is probably going to be up late this week, uh, I had a wedding to go to out of town, so it will be up when it is up. Yep. I'm sure you've people in the future are figuring that out now and going, screw you. I had to wait an extra two days. Send all your hate mail to moviefreakspod at yahoo.com, and I will respond to each letter with deep apologies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, otherwise, I'm I'm, I'm doing well. Um, uh, I hate to always say I'm so busy, but yeah. I am. You know, I am. But, hey, the weekend is coming up, and um, that doesn't mean a whole lot for me, but the weekend is coming up, so there you mm. go. <laughs> oh, it does for me. Looking forward to this weekend, big time. Are you going to try and Need see break. a movie at all? Uh, there's an IMAX down there, so if at any point I can slip away for the measly three hours to get that mm-hmm. watched, it might happen. But I highly doubt it. More than likely, I'll be hanging out and uh, schmoozing and drinking with our our friends down down there, and oh. everybody else going to the wedding. You know, sharing sharing. We're getting hotel rooms with some of our friends and stuff. I mean, it's we're partying. Are you ready to get on with talking about movies? By all means. Let's oh, I'm do so it. freaking tired. Oh, I could not sleep last night. I'm half tempted to just let you run the show and see what happens. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh, it's... You're like, I'm, I'm too busy running a theater. Leave me alone. Okay, let's How many hours did you get? Let, let's let's oh, talk. I... <laughs> sleep real quick. How many well, hours? See, here's the way that I work, and I've always worked since high school, is that I, I fall asleep watching something. So I sit on the couch, and I watch stuff until midnight or whenever that I fall asleep and then I wake up around two or three and hurry get get in bed and fall back asleep till usually six or so well last night I was a little too awake at two o'clock so when I went up to bed I was like oh no I knew within five minutes I was like I should just go back downstairs and maybe have a drink or something that's the worst but that's the worst I just laid there for probably an hour or two and I don't even know 
finally oh. passed out, but then, you know, neighbor's dog's barking at 5.30, and... <sighs> yep, so, I, I mean, an hour ago, I'm not kidding, I had chugged coffee, and I was like, this doesn't kick in, I'm so tired, I... But, I, I'm feeling better now. I've got, yep. uh, my Bev here. Yep. Excellent. Mm. And I'm much more perky and awake. Good. Okay. Let's go on to the roulette where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Roar versus Raw WWF <laughs> movie, right? No? Sure. <laughs> Set in France, I guess, or somewhere like that. Yes. <laughs> and I get to go first this week. Wonderful. Roar is a movie about a... Uh, all the world's a rosy pad hippie guy who... Um, sends his family into the seventh circle of hell with, um, hundreds of lions. <laughs> Just kidding, that's not the real synopsis. Uh, a family goes to Africa to meet their father, who lives with wild lions. <laughs> so it is, kind of. This movie is, is, uh, it's psychotic. And I can see why this would, uh, was very hard to get made. Why there were so many injuries on set. I think there were 70 people injured or something like that. It took 11 years, I think, to make. Wow. And uh, I can completely believe that that was true. It says there were no animals harmed in the making of the film. And didn't. No, I don't think so. But I think there were a lot of humans harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> okay, so the movie starts off with this, uh, this guy, this douchebag, as I'm going to call him, because he is a douchebag, who... Want to, left his family to go learn about lions and, and prove I don't even know what. So he builds this, like, four-story lion house that he lives in in Africa, where the lions come and go as they please through this, like, three- or four-story building, and he lives there, too. It's his house. But they can climb up on the roof, and it's, it's you know, climb up on each level. And, and he just lives with all these lions. And I don't mean just, like, five or ten or, or maybe fifteen. I mean... He is constantly getting tackled and surrounded by dozens and dozens and dozens of full, real, big lions. Oh, not just lions. Deadly cats of every kind, like panthers and um, tigers and everything. And they all just kind of live together. And he's like, we're a big, happy family. Ah. So this guy comes over and says, you're crazy, man. You're He's an African. You're, you're, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. You, these cats are going to kill you. And he's like, nah, they're just friendly, man. And they're tackling him. And his hands are already bandaged up because he gets nicked and cut and bleeds all over the place. And they wrestle with him and throw him to the ground and put his head in their mouths. And and they he, showed this. Like, this is... Oh, this is all... Yeah, this, this is all happening. And you're, I'm just, like, in shock watching this because I'm like, this guy is an idiot. And I can't not believe he is not lying poop already. <laughs> So anyway, he goes, we got to go to the airport to pick up my family because they're coming in to see me. And in flies Melanie Griffith and her real-life mother, and the sons are real-life sons of the mother in real life. They come into the airport, and these guys leave to go pick them up the airport. They get a bus to go to their house. Somehow, they miss each other. So the family shows up at this house of lions, and there's lions everywhere. And they're freaked out. So they proceed to run into the house. The, all the lions follow. And then we have 40 minutes or so of them going room to room, trying to get away from the lions, hiding in lockers, lions knocking things over, destroying the house, trying to get to them. And the misadventures of the douchebag who can't quite get there 
because the tigers decided to follow, and then they flipped the boat, and then he has to borrow a guy's car, and then the, he can't steer the car because they're too heavy, and then he can't get back to the house in time to... It, this movie was maddening. Absolutely maddening. This is a checklist film everybody should see at least once because of the amount of people injured in it, and it's just bonkers to see all this shit happen. You might love this movie. I I think it's, uh, yeah, well, considering I don't ever want to be mauled by an animal, you could call this one a horror movie. You s- said it was a horror movie, so I'm counting it as a horror movie. But not, f- nah, one and done. But okay. you should check it out. But I again, not the YouTube, because they did that wonky filter where the background shifts and moves in waves so that they can get around the YouTube robots recognizing they have copyrighted material. Oh, So if okay. you look at it too long, some scenes, I almost get sick. But it's a thing that exists, and I watched every damn minute of it. Oh, tell me about Raw. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Going into this movie, uh, I had read up a little bit about it online that you know people were people were fainting or whatever in the theater, and they were walking out. It's so awful or gory or whatever, disturbing. Has um, that literally ever been true? One I time? don't know. I cannot imagine. I mean, unless you're like, maybe people that are like, have a stomach flu and go to the movie and then see something that really affects them. Maybe then I could see someone like, but uh, come on. Um, now, having said that, there is something about this movie and I, I'll, okay, here's what the movie is about. This, uh, this young girl goes to a, uh, uh, veterinary college. Where her, where her sister is. And, uh, very early on in the movie, it is, she establishes that she is a vegan, hard, hardline vegan. Um, once she gets to college, she is immediately, uh, her and all of the rest of her classmates, uh, start going through a hazing process, um, that goes on for quite a while, like periodically throughout this movie. Um, uh, uh including her, her older sister, who is part of the hazing crew that is hazing all these ki- all these new new college students, um, this is a French movie, and very very quickly it turns very French, uh, <laughs> and I mean that I mean that in a and I I don't want to compare it to something like Frontiers and uh, that that wave of really cool hardcore French horror that that came out all like around the same time but it's kind of in that same universe especially with maybe a Gaspar uh Noy. I was going to say Gaspar Noy uncomfortable Yes yes and I'm and like the movie itself is not overtly gory there are there are moments because and I don't want here's the thing I don't want to spoil this movie because I will say this about the movie it is very unique uh very not what I was expecting I don't want to spoil things in this movie, but that's fine. There's a the hazing is really uncomfortable in a Gaspar Noy sort of way, like like the parties. I'm like these college parties don't look fun. This looks gross for some reason. And then when you start finding out the family dynamic of this girl and her older sister, it turns even more weird. Um, and then it just gets. Ah, just gross for some reason, and it's not overtly gory, but it's gross. Um, and I'll, I will say this: I keep thinking about this movie. I did like it, by the way. I think that you would very much not like it. I don't think that this is a you movie. Um, 
I just, I don't know. I just don't like a lot of the people in the movie are very unlikable, but at the end of the day, it was a very, very unique and I could not quit watching it. I'm like, it was an hour and 40 ish minutes and I was glued to the screen the whole time. Like, where are we going next with this? And then when it, like the final last couple minutes, I'm like, holy shit. Okay. All right. There we go. So there was a payoff. Yes. It, there was a French payoff. A very French payoff, and then roll the French credits. It's a French movie, um, but I'm I, intri- I co- I'm intrigued. Yeah, I I commend the filmmakers, and I I seriously though the whole way through I'm like I cannot imagine you would like this movie. Uh, just everybody just is kind of obnoxious, and the hazing you get infuriated by the hazing. You just want to just punch everybody in the face. But again, it was just different, very different, and. Horror without at all being really scary, but just more of that. I'm uncomfortable with everything that I am seeing here. It's everything is wrong for some reason. So, yeah, uh, but but knowing that going in, I might be able to handle it better. Knowing that everybody is horrible and it's very that type of feel of movie, I might maybe I'll, I'm still going to keep that in the queue. I might give sh- that a shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say it. Um, I'm not sure where it falls on my list of best of the year. It's a hard one to recommend, but man, it, it, it got a reaction out of me and it takes a lot to get a reaction out of me. Uh, but ugh, I, it's one that I'm still thinking about. And, uh, in the plethora of forgettable movies, that's, you know, something worth noting, I guess. Yep. So I, I, I personally give this movie a thumbs up. Let me just see what my actual one to five, uh, star rating would I, uh, it sounds like you're at about a three. Yes, actually, that was, it was a three. But now thinking back, I'm like, ah, I could almost go three and a half on that one because of its weirdness and oh man, it was so bizarro, <laughs> bizarro and and gross. Anyway, there you go. It's hard for me to describe right. it without spoiling it. But in case there are listeners out there that want to watch it, and you, if you do want to watch it, ah, uh, just tread tread carefully. I yeah. I got you. I, it, like I said, it might be a little easier for me to deal with it if I know that going in. I hated her sister. I hated the older sister with a passion. But she was supposed to be hated, I I think. Yeah. Well, clearly. Yeah. Okay. Ready for the next round? Yep. Uh, I go first. Okay. On Netflix, Don't Kill It, Dolph Lundgren. The body count climbs in a small Mississippi town when an ancient demon's restless spirit possesses the locals to do terrible things. And then I also read that when you kill him, uh, kill the person, the spirit jumps to the person that killed him. So a little bit of a fallen thing going on there. Okay. Uh, next up, the Vatican tapes. Now this one's been in my voodoo. This is not free voodoo. This is my, no commercials. I own this, but, uh, I have, somebody gave it to me. I haven't watched it. It's been in there forever. It's a horror movie. Why not? A priest and two Vatican exorcists must do battle with an ancient satanic force to save the soul of a young woman. And lastly, this one's on the Roku channel, the 2B TV that I was talking about last week. Alice, Sweet Alice from 1976. You haven't seen this one? Mm-mm. Nope. Interesting. After a young girl is brutally murdered during her first communion, her strange and withdrawn older sister becomes the main suspect. But are the authorities mistaken? Sounds like a slasher uh, Jalo kind of thing, maybe. I don't know. It That's what it sounds like to me, and that's what the cover looks like. And you love that kind of thing. Now, there you will have commercials with that one, but it's one that's in my queue on that channel, so we'll see. 
Okay, excellent. And heading your way, we have first up the Night Stalker. This is a made-for-TV movie that got uh, that gets uh, very high marks pretty much across the board as a uh, almost transcending TV movie that it could have been a legit like theatrical theatrical release type movie. An abrasive Las Vegas newspaper reporter investig investigates a series of murders committed by a vampire. So there's that. Um, next up is uh, Scared to Death. And I actually had heard about this movie on another podcast that I listened to, and they were kind of bragging it up a little bit and saying like, hey, this is a really cool uh, little movie. Um, hold on here. All of a sudden, I'm not able to load the page. Come on. Damn it. Okay. Your um, Skype is your Skype is skipping. I know, which that probably means that my internet's shit right now. Damn it. Okay. Um Scared to Death is from 1980. This is directed by William Malone and he was the guy that made uh the Titan I recognize that name? Yeah, Titan Find and the 1999 House on Haunted Hill, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh this is a uh, ex-cop now working as a novelist uh, is called out of retirement to help investigate a string of deaths that appear to be the work of a serial killer, but could also be the work of a alien or creature or something. So there you go. Scared to death, 1980. It could be a cool creature feature. Last but not least, a movie called Prophecy. And this is not the uh, Christopher Walken Prophecy. This is from 19, 1979 from director John Frankenheimer. A, uh, a log company's waste mutates the environment, creating a giant killer bear monster. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wow. So... You never know. I, I've, I, I, the cover looks so cool, and I recognize the cover from the VHS days, but that's one that I've never got to see. So I, it's another creature feature. But all three are YouTube available, and uh, right now there is just not much on Netflix worth noting. Uh, so I'm like, I'm going YouTube route this this round. I understand. How long is Prophecy? Prophecy is an hour and forty two minutes. And how long is Scared to Death? Scared to Death is, I believe, 90, and then that Night Stalker movie is hour and 15. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> You're so good at that. I'll take Prophecy. I want I want the bear monster Frankenheimer thing. All right. And, and um, you? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm up for a little Dolph Lundgren, so let's do Don't Kill It. <laughs> now, you might want to do some research and make sure that that qualifies as a horror movie somewhere, because I thought I also saw a horror or a comedy action adventure yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know what that is. What that well, I, I actually did a search uh, for the director and I'm like, oh, Mike Mendez. I'm like, I, I, I like some of his movies. He did uh, Grave Dancers, which I liked, and he did Big Ass Spider, which was mildly enjoyable. So I'm like, eh, eh we'll do that. Okay. And it's only an hour and 20 minutes. Yep. Cool. Okay, there you have it. Next week it will be Prophecy Up Against Don't Kill It. I should clarify. 1979 Prophecy. Up against Dolph. Kill it. Hmm. All right. You ready for round two of our horror-thon? I'm ready. Last week we left off. The score was 10 to 8, me. And we will see how many we got in this week. We are on day 12. It is October 12th. Just so you know where we're at in the month. And I'm up first. Okay. There's going to be some things we talk about 
tonight, sir. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses. I haven't watched this movie since the theater, I don't think. And With me. I, I didn't really love it. I was very kind of split on it at the time. And you talking about it over the years was like, I really got to give that one another shot. And because of Zombie's other movies. And I think he's he's grown as a director along the way, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's been so long that I really only vaguely remember this movie in detail. So I went back and watched this one again. On what format? That 2B TV thing. Okay. So it was good quality. There were commercials, but it wasn't that big a deal. Okay. Uh, I don't like this movie. Mm. I, sorry, I don't. And the th- here's the thing. There are like three things I really, really like about this movie. And that is the clown guy, the store clerk. Yeah. Him, the old man in the house. The two biggest bastards in the movie that talk the most shit. I love them. And I like the... You mean Bill, Bill Mosley and Sid Haig? Like the sure. actor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sid Haig, yes. I, I don't know who the other actor was, but the the old dad guy in the house that was always like, ah, shut the fuck oh, up. Oh, him. Okay. Okay. So the, you didn't the, mean the, the, the real skinny, like, long... No, no. Not that guy. I mean, he was fine, but that didn't... Nah. Meh. I, the, the old guy that he's always arguing with. Yeah. That I got a kick out of him. And the other thing that I liked was the... The craziness of the third act. But there are so much shit editing along the way where it, it, like a lot of Rob Zombie's music, it's like, and forgive me if somebody else on the internet has said this before me because, and I'm just regurgitating it. I, I can't give you credit. I don't remember if somebody has said this, but it sounds like something I've read somewhere. Everything with him is like a 14 year old's version of, or idea of what is cool. So it's like, let's, oh, let's cut between scenes. Let's have this weird gooey effect and static and bleh, you're looking through nothing. And it's like, what the fuck is this? It's like a, a shitty music video from 1997. Yes, and, I love it. No, it's garbage. It's <laughs> fucking I garbage. It. I hated it. it. It Every time he did those edits, it pulled me out of the movie and I hated it. I like, oh, I was frustrated. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we got a lot of other stuff to talk about, but Second round on House of a Thousand Corpses. I mean, those three things were enough that I might eventually watch this again down the road, but those other things I hated so much that ultimately I'm going to give this movie a thumbs down. It's not like a huge thumbs down, like an F or something like this, but all, overall it's a thumbs down. Yeah, hey, various opinions. I I adore that movie. It is so cool, but that's uh, I, I love it. That's fine. Yeah. Back to you. Okay, Jerry. You didn't like Jerry Uber Goober? That was funny. Who? What? Oh, the 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 liquor store guy, pussy liquor store. Oh yeah, yeah, that was funny. But you're talking about a three minute scene. Yeah, Jerry <laughs> Uber. I just that whole. I just I I find it hard to like think of anything I don't like about that movie because it's just insanity. Oh, uh, let me give you a thing. Sherry Moon Zombie. There you go. There's a thing to hate about that movie. <laughs> and she's I, awful. And she and her No, she's not awful. Her character is awfully written. She's she's there to be irritating. Yeah, she to, is. To everyone. Especially that that thing she does where, "Oh, sure, I know where that tree is. Okay, cool. How do we get there?" "Huh? What tree?" That that is my 12-year-old when she thinks she's being funny. And it's not <laughs> It's not funny. It's not funny. It's freaking irritating. Uh, <gasps> Dr. Again, Satan. Yeah. Okay. Like, like I said, a 14 year old version of what's cool. Yeah, Dr. Satan, all that stuff was cool, but they never explained any of it. No. Who are all these mutant creatures walking around? 
All of a sudden, I'm in a Silent Hill movie. Like, what? But that's the thing that pissed me off, dude. Why don't we spend 90 minutes in that world instead of this bullshit where they're just sitting on the couch and talking and, and Stifler's mom is trying to seduce... What's yeah. happening? Like, why? Sherry why Moon's ass crack hanging out? Yeah. Uh, what a waste of time. It, like, the most of that movie is a complete waste of time. And then it becomes cool. They, they, like, they should have spent more time in that dungeon realm instead of all this time... Just, it was nothing. Uh, back, uh, next, next. Okay. <laughs> Get me out of this. <laughs> okay, so now we are, our roulettes, those are obviously counted as, uh, for the horror-thon. That is, like, yeah, so... Yeah, well, I've got my horror-thon, like, in order of what I watched. I've okay. got Roar down here. I'll say, uh, yeah. Okay, so Raw was the first one that I watched. Like, literally the next day after our podcast, I watched Raw. Okay. Um, so the next movie after that was one that I was really looking forward to. Until I watched it, and that is <laughs> 976 Evil, which uh, made its Blu-ray debut. I'm like, oh, nice. Here's an 80s movie from 1988, directed by Robert Englund, Mr. Freddy Krueger himself, uh, starring Stephen Jeffries, who is the, you're so cool, Brewster, you know, from Fright Night. Him, I'm like, nice, yeah. okay. This was a complete and total mess. And I'm not sure if there was studio meddling, but... So much of it was just, just kind of thrown together and it didn't, it felt like the entire movie felt padded. And I'm not sure what it was supposed to try to be accomplishing, but this guy, he gets picked on and then he gets this satanic phone call, like this, this 1-800 number thing. Then it starts to possess him and turn him into a demon, I guess. And then he gets revenge on the people that were bullying him and, it's kind of sort of like the Clint Howard movie um, that I think is so cool with the uh, pigs. Yeah, evil. E- evil, evil speak. Evil speak. There you but go. But while I loved evil speak, this movie here, uh, I there's almost nothing about this movie that I liked. I'm actually I'm trying to think of anything other than the fact that it felt 80s. There's nothing in here to recommend. I, I hated it. I hated <laughs> this movie. And, and I own it on Blu-ray! And it uh, 100% qualifies under that. I remember walking through the video store, and I would always see the cover of that thing, so I'm not going to lie, I still might watch this movie. You just should! Because, just because I always remembered that title, and that that cover. Yeah. Just, uh, well, and surprisingly, this one actually came with a voodoo code. A digital code, which yeah. for a, for an '80s movie, I'm like a lower rent type thing like this. I was surprised, but I so I owned it on Blu-ray or on not on Blu-ray. Uh, I own it on Blu-ray as well as uh, as digital. So go ahead and watch the Voodoo version if you want. But oh wow, <laughs> I uh, might. <laughs> okay, so nine seven six evil, huge thumbs down, and that's I am forgiving of '80s movies, but that was shite. <laughs> Are you selling the Blu-ray? Honestly, I have actually considered trading that one in. I could find any number of of mediocre movies that I would rather own than that thing. Especially well, you now that I have, have the you already have a digital, so Exactly. So I'll oh. probably end up selling it. Okay. Okay, well that's that's the last one for me. Well, Wait. Actually, what? Uh, no, 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 no. So we're just we're still going back and forth, right? Like cause yeah. I know that wasn't as long of a review, but I'm done with that one. Okay. No, that's fine. Okay. There, there's plenty plenty to come. Uh, next up for me is Stigmata. Do you remember this movie from the 90s? Yep. It was 90s, right? I think... Yeah, yeah late it, it, 90s, early 2000s. I think it was early 2000s, actually. Yeah. Maybe. 
At any rate, I randomly was thinking about this movie, and I found myself thinking about it a lot the last couple of years, or at least keeps popping up in my mind. And, I, you know, I should rewatch that one, and it was on that Tubi TV, so instead of going down to my vault and digging it out the DVD, I just watched it on there. And, I'm happy to report, this movie holds up! I, I did not expect it to. I mean, it still has that feel from that time period, but I still dug it. And I think, have you, when was the last time you watched it? Oh, wow. Years. Years. It, wow. You should check it out. It's, it was entertaining. I liked it. I saw that on DV, or I saw that on, uh, in the theater, and then I, I think I watched it once on, uh, DVD, but, yeah, so I've, I think I've watched it twice, but I remember, uh, Patricia Arquette's hands bleed at some point. That's like the only thing I remember of that movie is that she gets the, you know, the Christ crucifixion hand bleed thing. Oh, she gets everything. She gets that. She gets the thorns. She gets the whips on the back in the subway. And it, I don't know. It's just an interesting story. And I, I like the cast. I, I'm always a fan of Patricia Arquette and, uh, the other guy. What's his name? Gabriel Byrne. Yes. Yeah, and it always I always linked this movie and End of Days because he was oh the, yeah the devil in that one yes and, and a priest in this one that's another one that I, I kind of want to rewatch just kind of the there was a stretch there where these movies were we enjoyed them and I think we saw all of them in the theater together yeah but there is now going back it's like they're not great and mo- everybody just shit on them like crazy at the time and it's like they're not that bad it was an entertaining watch. I've watched much worse you will hear about very soon. Okay, back to you. Okay, next up for me is Species. This is the 1995 original um, that uh, after... We've talked about Species 2 and my my huge love of... My huge love now of Species 2, which is made even more so rewatching the original Species, which Scream Factory just released on Blu-ray not long ago with a remastered... Uh, version with uh, some great special features. Uh, picked this up for a relatively good price because I have Species 2 from Scream Factory, so I have to have Species 1, and soon I'm sure I'll have Species 3 and 4. <laughs> of course. Um, stop, just stop, because th- three, 3 was mildly entertaining, even though it sucked, but 4, I, I don't even... It was so bad, I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. I think I bought the 4-pack DVD set. I think okay. it came out at one time. But, uh, you know, there's still some good stuff in here, and with a lot of these older movies, when you go and watch, especially Scream Factory, they do such a great job with their special features. When you start watching the retrospectives when they were interviewing the director or the, the special effects artist, which I believe Kevin Yeager was the effects artist on this, um, and some of the cast, like Natasha... Uh, it's just so cool to... It makes me appreciate the movie a little bit more, when, especially when they start talking about... Uh, how they were working with H.R. Geiger on this and uh, how they did some of the effects and what they were trying to accomplish with the movie. It actually makes me enjoy the movie more. I still think, though, now, after ha- watching Species 1 again, uh, which I've watched Part 1 way more than... I've only watched Part 2, I think, twice. Um, I think Part 2 is by far superior, and that's just because <laughs> it is it is so trashy and, and just... just gross and like a very exploitative and this one here is is more of a cookie cutter sci-fi thriller horror thing from the mid 90s very dated now at this point 
they're trying to do some CGI that fails miserably, but when they're focusing on the, the, the real, like the prosthetic effects and whatever, it still holds up quite well. But Michael Madsen still was kind of in his prime at this point. Ben Kingsley was good in it. it it's a fun movie, but part two definitely, uh, definitely takes the cake with the series. I liked it much more than part one. I, you know me. Shit eating grin because I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I really like part two and I remember you going, what? That, that one sucked. And I was like, you're out of your, you're out of your mind. Yeah. This it, is great. <laughs> it was great. It, and seriously, rewatching species one makes it even better because I'm like, ah, where's, I mean, there's some gore, but I want the really, like the nasty gore and like part two is just chock full of just, Sleeves, and this one had hints of it, but yeah. So it was still good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to own it. And uh, like I said, the special features are really, really uh, entertaining and informative, and that helped my enjoyment of the movie. So right, yeah, I like both part one and two. I, I think for me, I, I agree with what you're saying that the first one's a little more sci-fi, second one's a little more horror. Yeah, I like that. I like them both enough that they're just kind of right on the same kind of about grade for different reasons. Yeah, I, th- I do like the end. Um, there is probably a bit of CGI, but I really liked uh, how things got wrapped up in the movie, and I liked some of the the chase stuff in the tunnels in the end of part one, and how when she becomes her full sill self and the the full HR Geiger creation, it was really cool. Yep. So, okay, back to you. Uh, next up for me is from 1961, starring Vincent Price. The Pit and the Pendulum. Have you watched this one? Oh, yes. I own this on Blu-ray. Excellent. This was my first watch, and this is another one that was on the video store shelf forever, and I thought, that is cool. And I remember I remember reading the, the story it's based on, but then watching the movie, I'm like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> uh, this doesn't seem familiar to me at all, but who cares? Yeah. The movie itself, I quite enjoyed. It's cool. Uh, it's not much to say about it. It's been around since 1961, I'm sure. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, what do you think about it? You love it? You oh, yes. It? Uh, it I think okay? it's a great... Yes, it's a great movie. Uh, for all those Roger Corman movies from the 60s, the the Edgar Allan Poe tales, I think that that one is probably my favorite, but um, the... Uh, what was it? The Haunted Mansion? There... I, I like almost all of them. The only one that I really didn't like was uh, Tomb of Ligera, I think was what it was, something like that. I didn't much care for that one. But all of those old Edgar Allan Poe slash Roger Corman deals, I think, are so cool. Atmospheric. And they, they feel like a stage play, kind of. You yes, know, like very don't much they? so. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the, the set decoration or whatever the hell you would call it. But yeah. set decoration, the background, everything is, is – it's – Gorgeous to look at. It is just gorgeous. It's so weird that that then from there Roger Corman just I don't know. It just I we've seen the worst of Roger Corman, but that was like him at his prime, I think. Where yeah. those are legit like well made movies. Yeah. So I, that's I don't a good know what, movie. Th- there was some movie that he put out at some point where he was like, "Oh, you people will pay to see this shit." Well, fuck expensive stuff. Just here, here you go. Let's do this. Have you you watched any of the other uh, Corman-made Edgar Allan Poe movies? I don't know that I have. Oh, there's some good ones. I have to actually, I have to go look. Tales of Terror is a uh, anthology one that was really good. Uh, I feel like I watched that one. 
Hmm. I'd have to actually look, though. Okay. Uh, back to you. Okay, next up is another 90s movie. 1992's The Lawnmower Man. This is another Scream Factory release uh, from director Brett Leonard. Uh, and this one here has a very... I, I have a very soft spot in my heart for this movie because I remember this movie... Like, of all the movies I've seen in the theater, for some reason I have... Uh, vivid memories of seeing this on opening weekend at the theater with some of my friends from high school and being completely blown away by what I saw on screen, which was this just insane CGI effects that <laughs> was like back in the day, it was like, well, yeah, Terminator 2 was really cool, but this one here really went for it as far as like, this Not, was the Matrix before the Matrix. Yes, it was. It was for, and, for people at a certain age. Yes, uh, I, I know that. I've I've found that people that discover this movie well after it's been out, it's a it's a shit show. But for people that were there at the time, us, oh yeah, yeah. this movie amazed me. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I watched the director's cut on this, which is two hours and twenty minutes long, and I was never bored. I was never bored. I thoroughly liked the storyline. In fact, I think that this storyline is pretty relevant. Like, it's th some of the things that were introduced in this movie are kind of coming to pass now as far as virtual reality and what is possible. So I really think that that was, that was cool. And here's, the th here's what's crazy about this is uh, a lot of that weird old-school CGI still kind of works uh, because of how ultra-unrealistic it was. Like, it was so... Uh, they weren't trying to be realistic with it. They were trying to be, I don't know, like... Uh, video gamey. Yeah, video gamey. And it's, so some of it actually still kind of holds up, especially when you think this was a low-budget movie, and what they did with that is impressive. And for a two-hour and 20-minute low-budget sci-fi movie from the early 90s, uh, that's impressive. I, very yeah. impressive. And this is... Probably of all Stephen King adaptions, this might be the most unfaithful of them all. Uh, because I read this short story two times now, and there's virtually nothing except uh, a mentally challenged guy that mows yards. That's it. That There you go. It ends there. I don't know that I've read the short story. Oh, the, <laughs> so the, the short know. story is really cool, but very weird and not like this. Mm. But this is... Man, this was a good movie. And this one here also has, as I said with uh, Species, there's a retrospective on this that is, oh, like probably 50 minutes long. And it is so fascinating hearing about how they did the effects and the company that they got, which was not – like they it kind of – they went for broke. Like, hey, look, we're not, we can't pay you anything to do this, but you're going to get your name out there because we need someone to make our CGI effects. Are you willing to do it? And they, I think their only claim to fame was like a TV commercial. And they said yes. And I'm like, wow, this is what you guys came up with. It works. And just the, the movie was purchased by New, uh, New Line, which was uh, uh, Robert Shea, which he cut it down to what we see in the theatrical version, which it's hard for me to imagine that now versus the director's cut because the director's cut is very fleshed out and you care about these characters in the movie, especially the the guy, Jeff A., that he starts out as being mentally challenged, and he becomes a Flowers for Algernon type of yeah, guy. Yeah, I was or, just going to say, it's it's like a very demented twist on that it story. It is, yeah. But anyway, I, I really, really like this movie, and I'm, I'm happy to own this on Blu-ray, and it's one that you should revisit sometime, because it's pretty darn cool. 
I know I have it on DVD and I've watched it. I've watched this movie so many times just because I could get away with it. Science fiction and, yeah. you know, mom would be out of the room at a certain point and I'd know I'd get to see one naked lady in this movie. So yeah, there I, was, yeah, yeah they just, <laughs> as, as, uh, <laughs> a teenage boy, I was like, eee! yeah, cause it's, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but I, I know I saw the director's cut at one time and I don't know where it was that I saw it, but I know that I saw it. I know I saw that longer cut because there was a bunch more in the beginning with the chimpanzee. Yes, there was. Yep. It made the beginning make more sense and gave more depth to everything else that came later. I don't think I own it though. I don't know. I have to go down and dig through the vault and find out. But and, I and, have always been a fan of Lawnmower Man. It always annoys me when people shit on it. I have a soft spot for not only Lawnmower Man, but because of this movie, I have a soft spot for anything Jeff Fahey is in, yep. Pierce Brosnan, and the bald headed guy. That's kind of the bad guy. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes. Every time I see him, I'm like, Lawnmower Man, bad guy, turns into bubbles. <laughs> yes, and I love that effect. That effect is, it's so dated in this movie, but when you watch it, you're like, wow, that's really, like, that's how this guy gets killed, and that's so cool and weird, and it looks scary. Fake. Yeah, and it's he's like, like, oh, he's turning into, yeah, he's turning into atoms and weird things and bubbles, and it's so cool. Such a, such a cool movie. Um Anyway, and the transfer is really, really good. Although, of course, in high def, the CGI is very much showing its age. But it's still, because they really went for that uh, fantasy sci-fi angle, it's still, some of it is, it, it works. I agree. You do remember the very end where he's trying to escape his his cyber world thing, whatever. Oh, access, yeah. access, access tonight. Access tonight. Access tonight. Access, tonight. access, tonight. access, tonight. access, tonight. access yeah. granted. Like, ooh. <laughs> and then the phone rang. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Did you ever watch the sequel? I did one time and I remember not liking it, but it's way back in the VHS. Like, I have not watched it since the VHS days, so I don't remember a thing about it other than I didn't like it. I always have wanted to see it. I just never got around to it. So yeah. maybe I need to do that. Yeah. Okay, back to you. All right, I'm going to do a quick double header here because uh, because I can, and one won't take long. King Cobra. No, this is not the movie about uh, people making gay porn that came out a couple of years ago. This is one of the early sci-fi original monster movie kind of things. Mm-hmm. King Cobra, one of those. You get it? Yeah, it's it's King. It's a giant thirty foot snake, uh, rattlesnake crossed with a King Cobra. That for some reason scientists do in a lab, or whatever. It's one of those movies. But I watched it, and it counts as a horror movie. Why did you watch it? I, if I may ask. Well, I've been replacing some of my time in the office because I'm in the office a lot for my job and stuff. So. I've been, instead of watching news and whatever else I usually watch in the background, I've been putting on some stuff like this. Well, this counts as a horror movie. This is not something you have to pay strict attention to. I get it. Plot. Snake. Attack. Kill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. Uh, the one thing I will, I will say, though, is a positive. This was in the towards the beginning of when they were doing these sci-fi original monster movies, so it at least they were trying a lot more than they were when they were making three-headed octopus and all this other shit later on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though it still is not good, it was far more watchable than a lot of the stuff that came later where it was like, I, I just, I can't even, with the Sharknados and stuff, oh. it's so bad that I, it's not even entertaining. So that was, eh, there's that. Uh, the, I'm not telling you to watch it. 
Lord, no. Um, next up, children shouldn't play with dead things. This is one of those movies that I hear about, or I've, I've been hearing about for years, and it, it's always getting released on those niche titles, and or uh, those from those niche labels, you know, and cleaned up, and everybody, I don't know, I just hear about this movie all the frickin' time. Well, it was on Tubi TV, so I'm gonna watch it. Wow, the first hour of this movie was a chore to get through, and uh-huh. I I was like, I I hate this, and I hate everyone in this, and this is awful. And then the last 20 minutes, the shit really hits the fan, and I'm like, okay, I kind of at least can see why it has the reputation that it has. I didn't love it, and I'm still probably going to give it a thumbs down, but at least the last 20 minutes were interesting. Uh, but that first hour, I was I was like, why does anybody give a shit about this movie? Because this is just is a dumpster fire. I did not like that movie. And I know it's Bob Clark, but man, I did not like that movie. I'm right. I'm right there with you. The end. I'm like, okay, here we go. But ugh. And then it's when it's over, it's over. Nothing. All right. <laughs> Checklist. Checklist checked off. Back to you. Okay. Now we get into probably looking over my list. This is the uh, this is top dog on the movies that uh, I've watched this past week. And I'm sure that I've mentioned the movie uh, before on the show, but it's horror month, so here we go. And that is 1972's Don't Torture a Duckling from director Lucio Fulci, which is... I can't imagine why I have trouble keeping track of which one of these titles is good and bad and people like and don't like. It's children shouldn't play with dead things and don't torture a duckling, and it's a long-ass freaking... Oh, yes, yes. This This is one of the best giallo movies i have ever seen and every time i watch it i'm impressed with how they really went there with the storyline this is another one where if you have not seen it the less you know the better Uh, it's cool the especially if you're into these the italian cinema world because it's very italiany and the the reveal is very typical but it's still it's it's I, I hate to, it's typical, but it's unique for its time. I'm like, we're dealing with kids in this movie, a lot of kids in the movie, and that is almost tabooish, with you know, killing of kids possibly, maybe. And mm-hmm. uh, but this was Fulci at I don't want to say the top of his game because I think that came even a little bit later, but he was on an uphill tick here with this, and this is. A fantastic movie, and the Italian landscape is so good. Like the, the the little village that it's set in, and trying to figure out who's murdering who. Uh, but man, it's such a great movie. Arrow put this out on Blu-ray, and so of course the transfer is fantastic. It's in uh, anamorphic widescreen, and it just it screams like old school classic cinema. Uh, but and the score is great. Everything about this movie is. Fantastic! I, I I adore this movie. So if you're and those of you that have Amazon Prime, it is streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, but uh, I am I am very happy to own the Blu-ray of this one. This is one that I'll probably watch every, if not every year, every other year. It's one where I'll have to dig out and revel in its debauchery. And it's oh wow, there's a lot going on in here. Lots of your typical. Is it, is it a Jalo that you can? 
they give you hints along the way of who could be the killer and you can maybe piece it together? Oh, yes. One, yeah, no, 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 it's totally impossible. So. No, okay. very much so. Yeah. Especially, like, I, knowing you especially, I'm guessing you could figure out what's going on the first round. But it's it's the way it's put together is very, very well done. Very well, good. I like movie. that. That's, that's my kind of Jalo, Like, deep red. You know? Yes. Yeah. It's similar to that in, in that, that the pieces are all there. Um, oh man. And even some of his gore shots that would come later with, uh, New York Ripper, the beyond, all those, they're here, but on a lesser scale, but already like he's beginning his ascent to gore god. <laughs> there. Nice. So. Okay. Now I'm going to do three in a row. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Life Force, Toby Hooper. And this is one that I remember liking a lot more than I did this time around. And that's because there's a lot of talking in this movie. On and on and on and detective stuff. And it's like, come on, movie, you're putting me to sleep, let's go. Uh, but I still give this movie a thumbs up and I do enjoy it because it... It's just so strong in its first half hour and its last half hour. It's just that middle where I'm just kind of getting bored. I, I, I like the insane premise that it sets up, especially right in the beginning. How they find something in the tail of Halley's Comet and it's naked alien people and then they're space vampires and, wow, it's so insane. I, I just love it. I love the, the concept. I just wish they didn't spend so much time with padding, dicking around with detective-y stuff in the middle. What about pa- so, uh, Captain Picard's in it? You like that? Yeah, it's, it's weird seeing him with not completely white hair. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites from Toby Hooper. Yeah, I, I like it, but nah, I, I didn't remember that much padding in there. And there's a lot of padding, in my opinion. Uh, next up is... One on Netflix that popped up, 13 Demons. This is another one of these, oh, the guys found a board game and, and, and it transports them to another world, or at least that's what the synopsis said. I, uh, but that's not entirely accurate. It's more like these three nerds find this board game and it's one of those kind of Dungeons and Dragon-y type things. And as they play it, they get more, it, it, more and more obsessed with it and can't stop. And then they hear, the news is on in the background. They keep hearing about people getting killed out in the city. And you see where this is going. Yes. This was a very low-budget movie, and it was mostly set in a room. I mean, they go outside, and there, there's some scenes outside, and there's a there's a couple of scenes in a police station, and and there are... This thing knows what it is. There are bits along the way that are hilariously funny, and they're supposed to be. You're supposed to be laughing at how ridiculous some of the stuff is. I like this movie. I'm going to give this movie a pass. A passing kind of thumbs up. I'm talking like a 5.5. Because I didn't hate it. And it was short. It was like our... I, 17, one of those kind of movies. It had... It, it, I was never bored. It was a, one of those low-budget movies that makes use of its, of its budget in a very wise way. I, I mean, this thing had to cost tens of dollars. That's how low this budget was. It was Ooh. that low. Ugh. But no, I, it... I, I, you groan like that, but I'm telling you that in a positive. I've seen movies that cost ten times what this thing probably cost to make that were complete pieces of asylum shit. Whereas this movie, 
I was entertained for the whole thing. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I'm not telling you to run, go watch it. Cause it's not like a gore fest or whatever, but for the nerd in me that likes dungeons and dragony type things, I was entertained. Okay. I, I give it somewhat of a pass. Uh, and the next one on my list would have been roar. So check okay. that off. Okay. Back to you. Okay. So now there, there are some movies on my recently watched that are not horror. Should I skip over those for now and, and. Yeah. Save those for, for recently watched. Okay. So the next, uh, the next horror movie that I watched was 1995's Sorceress, directed by Jim Wynorski, starring Linda Blair and other pornography people. I, I was going to say, what? And then you said Jim Wynorski. I'm like, oh, this was a softcore affair, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It sure was. This is a Skinamax right here. Um, it counts as horror? Oh, yes. Uh, barely, but it does. It does. It's There's witchcrafty things going on, I think, maybe. Um, <laughs> so non-actors do non-actory things and, uh, then all have sex, softcore, uh, some lesbian stuff goes on because things, uh, <laughs> some witches, uh, the, the plot, it's, it's so weird how the plot makes absolutely no sense. And it's just a lot of people talking in rooms, uh, Julie strain. Wow. This is softcore porn. Yes. <laughs> But uh, some witch uh, has her husband's friend killed, I think, or or wheelchair bound. I, I literally I don't remember. Are you All, are you really going to sit on this show and try and explain the plot of a Wynorski movie? Yeah. Is that what's happening? It's happening right now. Yeah, and all I know you, is you, that it. Uh, I, I looked it up. You get the check mark for the horror movie. You don't have to do any more. Okay. okay. Go go on. Okay. Do you want to do another one since that was a... You, it's a light. You can do another one. Okay. Um, you don't oh, have to. I can do one if you want. Nope. Next up is... Boy, man, this was the week of the 90s. Uh, next up is 1991's Popcorn. Have you seen I, Popcorn? I'm also surprised how much 90s you watched uh, this week, but uh, no, I've never heard of it. Okay, this is from 1991, and it's kind of sort of a slasher movie, and it uh, there was a very troubled shoot on this movie. Uh, yet another one that has an hour-long retrospective, which is as entertaining, I think, as the movie itself, because of what you find out, that how these movies are made, and what goes wrong with movies. The director was fired shortly after they started, um, so they had to scramble and hire a new director... Wow. Every time. Just, I don't know. See the, see, the one dog goes, I think I heard something. And then the other one goes, he heard something. And then they just bounce off each other. Yeah. Shut okay. up, you idiots! Carry on. Okay, so, um, I this is another one I remember from my... My stint at working at the video store, I, I always thought the cover of this was so cool. And what's what's great about this movie is the whole plot of the movie is these high school kids go to this theater and renovate it for a one-night-only horror-thon. And there happens to be a killer loose in the theater the night of this horror-thon. What makes the movie so good is the movies that the people are watching are... 
are so good. They're like, they're all mystery science theatery type movies and they're genuinely like well made. Like I, I kind of want to watch all of those movies that they're showing on the big screen. Uh, but it's, man, it's funny. It's, it moves at a pretty good clip, especially considering what went on behind the scenes with the firing of the original director and the lead actress got fired early on. Um, it's crazy how this thing still managed to turn out not just good, but really good, like a really fun movie. But it felt very much like uh, they were trying for a PG-13, but they didn't quite make it. It's, it's still R and they can't quite cut it down to PG-13, but it's one of those. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's definitely not a hard R. It's it's. It's our light. So if you're going in thinking, well, ooh, this is going to be a good slasher, like really gory slasher movie, it's not that. But it's still, if you can get past that, it's great fun. Great fun. The, even for 1991, it, it, uh, it has the feel of a late 80s, uh, horror movie. Like it, it feels like one of the later entries in the Friday the 13th series. Particularly, I would say, uh, uh, the uh, part seven, the new blood. It feels a bit okay. like that. So thumbs up, big thumbs up. I really enjoyed that movie. Right. Oh, and, oh, and right. also they filmed in Jamaica, which they never explained the logic of filming this movie in Jamaica because it's not set in Jamaica. It's set in, I think California or whatever. I'm like, why would you set your, why would you film this movie in Jamaica Explain, and then they go into explain like, oh, it was so difficult to like, you know, we didn't want to like all of the extras in the movie were, you know, were black because we're in Jamaica, but we didn't, we, we wanted to have a good mix. So we had to have a lot of people wearing masks for this Halloween party. I'm like, why did you film in Jamaica? What was uh, the logic? I, I can answer that question is because they wanted to go on vacation and on a uh, movie studio's dime, which they did talk about. They really enjoyed being in Jamaica. So I guess there we go. But it was just yep. weird. I'm like, you flew to Jamaica to make a horror slasher movie set in the States. Okay. So. <laughs> Why not just set it in Jamaica? Yeah. Yeah. But you should watch the movie sometime. It's a good movie. I'll let you borrow the DVD, the uh, Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, keeping up with the trend of 90s slasher movies from 1998, starring Jared Leto, Alicia Witt, Rebecca Gay... What is that? Hold on. Gayhart and Michael Rosenbaum. Urban Legend. I have not seen this since the theater. And I thought, ah, what the hell, I'll give this one a spin. I can't believe it, but I, I expected to hate this movie this time around. I had almost no memory of it. This totally holds up as a slasher movie. It completely holds up. Especially for the 90s, when it was a very dark time for slasher movies. You didn't have much, I don't think. I mean, no. you had stuff, but it was mostly crap. I know what you did last summer, and... Uh, I don't know, that kind of stuff. It, it got very generic very quick. But this one wasn't bad. I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it this time around. When was the last time you watched Urban Legend? Oh, not long ago. I have it on Blu-ray. I think that's a good movie. Of all of the post-Scream slashers, uh, that's probably the best. I think I might even enjoy that one a little bit more than I know what you did last summer. Yeah. 
Yeah, both would, of both of which I enjoy more than Scream. I think Scream was good, but I like I know what you did last summer and uh, Urban Legend more. Hmm. I maybe I should watch I know what you did last summer again. It's been a while. And if I enjoyed it as much as this one, ah, I feel like memory tells me that the acting in that one is much worse than this one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I really liked Rebecca Gayhart in uh, Urban Legend. I thought that she did, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think that she, she was good. I liked her. Yeah, I agree. I uh, liked the movie. I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. There were even a couple of parts where I paused whatever I was doing, and was like, okay, this requires my full attention, because I'm digging it. Nice! Ah, oh, cool! <laughs> That's I've... saying a lot for a yeah. 90s slasher, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially from this guy. Back to you. Okay, next up is another Lucio Fulci movie, but it's the other Lucio Fulci. The post mid, mid-1980s Fulci. This is... The cat in the brain thing? Oh, no. That was, that's top tier stuff compared to this. This is, uh, 1986's The Devil's Honey. Uh, about a young woman that, uh, her really assholey prick boyfriend dies while being operated on. And so she abducts the doctor and, and makes him, like, keeps telling him she's gonna kill him. And tortures him, kind, but not really tortures him, but then starts to kind of fall in love with him, maybe kind of. And it, it's awful. It is, it's the seventh level of hell awful. I own it on Blu-ray, but it's awful. Uh, IMDb <laughs> lists this as a thriller. Yeah, you know, it's trashy enough, uh, that I still think that this falls under, uh, it's sleazy. It is like, the movie is just bathed in nudity and sexual violence and stuff. So I still consider this okay. I- enough of a, uh, I mean, it, it's teetering on the line, but I'm like, eh, that was exploitation. Google top. calls it an Italian erotic drama film. I don't know what it was. It was, it was, <laughs> it was shit awful. I hated it. At one point in the movie, fairly early on, this, uh, just this boyfriend of hers, he, uh, he's playing the saxophone and, you know, and he's kind of coming on to her. And, uh, she's like, oh, no, stay away from me. And he starts to, like, he starts, he starts to rubber cooch with his, uh, saxophone while he's playing. And then she starts to get off on it. And I'm like, what? And it goes on and on and on. And you're going to probably cut this, uh, but. No, no, it's probably oh. going to be the first thing that people hear when they click play on this episode. <laughs> It's the, yeah, it's the saxophone cooch movie, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, all I can picture, of course, is the saxophone player from Lost Boys. Oh, just gyrating. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, no. That guy was like top tier actor compared. This is, this is tripe. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> oh, and the girl's got a German shepherd for some reason. And, and you can tell the dog's uncomfortable in the scenes. Like, oh, I can tell this dog doesn't want to be a part of this movie. Uh, this is one where the, the mo- there's a motorcycle scene where she's it's like this boyfriend is abusive to her, and uh, and so he's teasing her while they're on the motorcycle, and he's asking her to give him a hand job while he's on the motorcycle, and then he he starts to try to act like I'm gonna wreck the motorcycle, and that effect is done by taking the film camera and shaking it. You see as she's jerking him off. It's 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 so bad. Uh, okay, back to you. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right.
right? Because the handjob was so good or because she refused to do it? No, because he was just being a douchebag. And I don't I don't get the movie. You should watch it sometime. Uh, okay. Uh, Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> um, this was one of the better anthology Halloween movies I've watched in the last several years. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it's ten short films put together, all set in this one town. Again, I don't have much to say about it. It's, as I've said before, it's pretty hard to fuck up an anthology movie. Because anything that sucks, you're out of pretty quick. There was one or two that I was very meh on, but they were over in a couple of minutes, and then we moved on to something awesome. So, yeah. it was great. I really enjoyed this anthology. It's one of the better ones, like I said, that I've seen in the last couple of years. What was your favorite story? You always ask me this, and I always have such a hard time remembering <laughs> what exactly happened. Let me let me go to the Wiki, Wikipedia and see what's... Neil Marshall, directed, Neil Marshall directed the one, one with the pumpkin that comes to life. I loved that one. Yeah, that was cool. That was the last one. But yeah. I, re- I liked that one. Uh, the one with the little boy that goes to the devil's house and then goes on a terror rampage. That was really great. That yep. Did you like the one where the kids are killing the adults in the house? Yeah, that was good. I liked the one where the guy got revenge on the kids that killed his parents with the demon thing. Yep. Okay, hold on. Let's go through them. Why not? Yeah. Sweet Tooth. A teenage babysitter and boyfriend pay the price for eating all the... Yeah, that was okay. The Night Billy Raised Hell. We already talked about... Yep, I like that one. Trick. A group of friends are terrorized by vigilante trick-or-treaters. Nah, that one was kind of a dud, I thought. Nah, I think that was Lucky McGee, maybe, that directed that one. Nah, directed by Adam Garash. There was one that was directed by Lucky McGee, if I'm if I remember correctly. That was kind of. I don't meh. remember this one. Trick is this the one where the trick or treaters, vigilante trick or treaters? I think this was the one where the kids. Yeah, a group of friends. Okay, this is the one where the group of friends were sitting around drinking, and the kids killed them in the house. Yes, like the that. This is the one we liked. I, yeah. I liked that one. Okay, uh, The Weak and the Wicked. A young man summons a demon to exact revenge on three bullies who burned down his home. That one was awesome. I liked that one. That was the the three bullies on bikes. Okay. Grim Grinning Ghost. A young woman is haunted by a malevolent spirit. Do you remember that one at all? No, that one might be the Lucky McGee one. Nope. I've got all the directors here. I'll, okay. I'll tell you. Oh, the next one's Lucky Ding Dong. Lucky McGee. A man learns that his wife is a child-hungry witch and tries to put a stop to her. I hated this one. (laughs) (laughs) I I do remember this one. Oh, yes. I freaking hated this one. And it wasn't the story so much that I hated. It was just everything in and around and the way that it was made, as with other Lucky McGee things that I've seen that I just fucking hated. Do you, did you like uh, that no, one? No, I did I, not. not at all. I okay. remember there was whatever the one was with Lucky Me, which was that one I did not like. This means war. A man battles his new neighbor to the death for the best Halloween decorations on that the block. Ass. That one was... I was okay. It You like it because there was metal music. It was over quick. It, it did its little thing. There wasn't a whole lot of story. It did its little thing and it was over quick. Uh, Friday the 31st, a deformed serial killer meets his match. I loved this one. When uh, trick-or-treating extraterrestrial 
gets upset when he does not have any candy. You remember yeah. that one? Yes, I do. I loved this one. The Ransom of Rusty Rex. That was another one that I loved. Two bank robbers kidnap a wealthy man's son. Oh, yes, and uh, yes, and then... Yeah, he's a creature, yeah. Yes. And it was the old man, the old rich man, and it was um, the director of Werewolf in London. What? Oh, John Landis. Yeah, he was the old man in that one. Nice. Bad Seed is the one with Neil Marshall, and that's where the pumpkins go crazy. That's that's a good lineup. That's good. Almost all of them are really good. I really don't remember the one with the a young woman is haunted by a malevolent spirit. I don't remember that one. Grim Grinning Ghost. Hmm. Well, at any rate, uh, you're like 8 out of 10, and that's what I would give this movie, an 8 out of 10. So did you like this one better than the uh, the Christmas anthology? Yeah, I think I did. Because hmm. it has more short stories crammed in there. A little more rewatchable. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Good Back deal. to you. Okay. And the last horror movie for me this week is 1968's The Green Slime from director Kinji Fukasaku, uh, who also directed Battle Royale 1 and 2. And this is about uh, an asteroid that's heading to Earth and astronauts and one-eyed creatures and green slime. And that's all you need to know. Yes, it is. This sounds amazing. Yep. It is the epitome of what you see on MST3K. If you like that type of movie, if you enjoy that, then this is your movie because it's that for 90 long minutes of awful shit acting, awful effects. And I'm talking like effects that are so bad that it's almost like they were deliberately trying to make them that bad. Especially the outer space stuff. I'm like, I'm hard-pressed to think of anything that's actually filmed in color that was this bad. Like, there's some old-school black-and-white stuff that I'm like, okay, there we go. But this is in color. I'm like, you're, like, going out of your way to make sure that this looks like a model. It's so shitty. Yeah, well, but when it's the the 60s, you got to remember that other than 2001 A Space Odyssey, everything was like that. It was really goofy looking, and that was just the genre. It was That's what sci-fi yeah. was like at the time. Toys on strings. Toys on strings with firecrackers in their ass, and yeah, oh, that's... Here, here's a, a rock, meteor shower, We. Yep, yep, and of course the green slime creatures are like actors with shrubs draped over them or something with the one... Oh. <laughs> But it was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. It's shit, but I enjoyed it. I The whole way through, I'm like, oh, it's... You know, and the actors, like... I don't even remember their names, but they just looked like Biffs and Bucks and, you know, like... Oh, the military guy with the blonde crew-cut hair. His name's Biff, and he's the in charge. But you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so America. Awesome. It, 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 sounds, it was... <laughs> sounds like the uh, movie I watched from him that was... Oh, I don't even remember the title. It was something in space. Do you oh, the yes. T- yeah, the Phantom something or other? Or No, I don't know. You, we were talking about it this week, but it was it was something in space. Something else he directed. Ah, whatever the hell. It was, he directed a bunch of goofy 60s, 70s sci-fi movies. He did Battle Royale 1 at 1. Uh, he, you get a lifetime pass as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I'm, I'm 
drawing a blank with the, yeah he did another science fiction type thing that you watched and uh, you enjoyed but I haven't seen it anyway shit now I'm curious as to what that movie was what yeah I'm gonna I'm, let's I'm gonna try to look it up here because like slasher movies uh, science fiction movies have goofy titles that always have stars or space or treks or wars yeah. This was honestly like this was take the worst episode of Star Trek, uh, the original series, season three, which was the worst season of the bunch. Take the worst episode of that and make it feature length, and you kind of have an idea of what this movie was. You just, just everything low production values and bad acting, and but it's enjoyable. It's <laughs> it's the perfect drinking movie. It honestly is. Yeah. Um. Oh, there it is. Message from Space. There we go. 1978. So this was like uh, a decade and a bit away from after the green slime. So did you like that movie? Yeah, I did. Because the effects were much more like the TV show, the original um, Battlestar Galactica. Nice. Okay. So you still had a bit of that string effect, but it was much more updated and they were better at getting rid of the strings. <laughs> and of course, here this is Blu-ray, so the strings are so, so prevalent. Like, they didn't CGI them out. They're there. Yeah. I did like that movie. It's very weird and scatterbrained and all over the place, but I did enjoy it. Especially, uh, just those effects. They just bring me right back to childhood. Yeah. Okay, you're done? Yep. That brings you to a grand total of 18 for the month. Not bad, considering we're only on uh, day 12. Yeah. Okay, I'll go ahead and rapid-fire finish off my list. Uh, Backcountry was a bear attack movie that you had on the roulette. It falls under horror. Uh, I gave this one a watch. I liked it. It's probably going to be kind of a one-and-done for me. I doubled up this week on the giant frickin' animals eating people and turning them into poo. And holy shit, did this bear turn some people into poo. But, ugh, that was disgusting. It took a little too long to get around to it, and I was annoyed once again with the stupid character. No, I don't need a map. No map. I don't want a map. I'm not even going to take your free map. It's like, you piece of shit. Just, like, I would take a map and just, uh, out of, okay, thank you for being kind. I'll take the map and put it in my backpack. Yeah. But not this guy. No, I don't know. Huh? No. Nope. I'm not. I don't want a map. Don't give me a map. You know what? You deserve to get your ass lost and eaten by a bear. Backcountry people, check it out. I give this movie a thumbs up. It was well made and ugh, gross okay. and terrifying and good. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. We have talked about many times on the show. I think everybody's seen it, and I think this is my third viewing. Ten out of ten. There isn't a damn thing wrong with this movie. Not one frame would I change. I love this thing, and a shitting grin from beginning to end. It's fantastic movie. I fantastic. love it. Love it. And lastly for me is Dead Space Downfall. This is an animated prequel to the first Dead Space game. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's it was on the 2B TV thing, so I decided to give it a rewatch, and it's quite enjoyable. I really like how it sets up everything leading up to the game, and it's just gory as all freaking hell and really anything to do with dead space that is horror shit 100 percent. if you haven't watched it in a while don't remember it it's worth a rewatch it's it was a good entertaining movie it's what hour 15 hours yeah. once again 
Nice short thing I got whipped in there. And that brings my total for the month to 23. You bastard. What? <laughs> what do you mean, what? 23, and what am I at? 18. 18. Uh, I can do this. I can do this. I, well, and here's the thing, too. I'm going to be on assignment this weekend. My strong days were my real serious downtime where I'm getting in three a day. Ugh, I'm going to take shit with me, a couple of DVDs and shit, but uh, there's a good chance that I'm not going to be getting anything watched for a couple of days. Oh, I, I'm going to be making hay. I'm like, you better take advantage yeah. because the rest of the month, game on. Because <laughs> I have got a stack waiting in the wings. And I'm almost healthy enough to request that uh, drive-by mailbox pickup. So, oh, okay, because I've got some goodies here. Yeah, and then, yeah. I got uh, some comics for your kids too. Oh, excellent! They'll love that. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, I, I the the list of movies that I have. I'm just I'm so busy right now, but I'm still trying to I'm still trying to win this thing. Damn it! <laughs> I've been busy as hell too, but I'm trying to desperately to do like two a days, and it's freaking hard. But you know, I do spend enough time in the office where. If I can force myself to not turn on my normal uh, news shows and shit, I'm getting through them. And what are we at? Yeah, twelve. I'm only one down on for to, to be two a day. So uh, yeah, you got your work cut out for you. Yeah, I do. I got a good good head start, but we got the rest of the month to go. Yep, and we're not even halfway done. Nope. Okay. I recently watched. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to let you kick this off because I have pretty much been watching horror. I'm, I'm looking through my list right now to make sure that I think there was something that wasn't horror, but go ahead. Okay, I have three non-horror movies that I watched since last podcast. Oh, hey. shit. That'll finish out this show. Oh, okay. Well, first up is my rewatch of The Jungle Book. This is the John Favreau movie, the Disney movie that came out a couple years ago, if that. Mm. Um, I've only watched this well, twice now. Once was in the theater, and then once on Blu-ray. This was a cheap, cheap Blu-ray that I picked up for a couple bucks. Um, you know what? Have you seen this movie? I own it on Vudu, and I think it's on Netflix, and I still haven't sat down and watched it. I really want to. I just... I, yeah. It's not going to happen this month. It is it is good. I really, really liked it the first time, but i got to say, on second viewing... The kid's not that good, and the CGI is really, really good, but it just, it's not the greatest with replayability, I guess. Um, it feels just, it's another one of those huge, huge budget Disney tentpole type things that, while at first when you watch it the first time, you're like, wow, this is incredible, the CGI is so great, and it's, it, you know, you can tell that a bazillion dollars were thrown at this thing, but upon Another viewing, I'm like, ah, it's good. Okay, I get it. All right, moving on. I, I still look forward to watching it, but yeah, yeah. I, my buddy Dave, who hooks me up with his voodoo codes, hooked me up so fat this last week that the second, the second that this month is over, prepare yourselves. For comic book November, my friends, because that is what I'm going to. Oh, be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you're that you're taking the horrorthon seriously and that you're all about the horror. 
I am. And I'm, I'm like, I'm watching stuff and I'm watching like, like stuff that's dodgy and shitty and I work myself down and then I've got my stack of stuff that I know is good and I can work myself back up so I don't get too burned out. Yeah. But it, it, I'm, I'm starting to get a little thin. It's about time for a Eugene influx of, tell uh, me whenever you're ready. For, yeah. Whenever you're ready for I'm, a, I'm still waiting to clear out the rest of this. Okay. I, I still got a, a dab of this head cold thing. So I, it's not much, but uh, next week after I go down and, and, uh, to this frickin' wedding and drink the rest of my flu away. <laughs> okay. It'll be on next week. Okay. Excellent. Good. Cause I've got a plethora of horror goodness heading your way. There is, I've, I've got the list made up, ready to go. <laughs> awesome. Next okay. up, recently watched. Okay. So now this is one that it's so sleazy. I really wanted to con, to have this as another entry in my horathon, but I know that you would not let me. Uh, but that is uh, Death Wish Part Two, and I know that you. I, I know that this yeah. does not count, but it is so sleazy and sick and vile and early eighties. Like I can't believe that Abel Ferreira did not direct this movie. Yeah, uh, of all the deaths, if you look at some of those uh, Clint Eastwood. Dirty Harry movies, they they have that tone too. There was that that window in the late seventies, eighties where these mainstreamy kind of I mean th- these were mainstream movies, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And they are degenerate, degenerative, yes. uh, whatever derivative of, of that word you want to use. They have that feel. It's amazing that that they are the way they are, and that they were considered mainstream movies. And Death Wish 2 is a great example of that. Actually, if you go onto IMDb, the rating on IMDb, when you pull the page up, is X. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of crazy shit in my time. And Death Wish 2, like, it is rapey to the point where I'm like, this is not cool. Like, this is, no rape is cool. But this is like, I'm like, come on, guys. This is gratuitous, like, nasty Shit, and this is another one that this is actually shout. I believe Shout Factory put this out, which is the parent company of Scream Factory, in the unrated version. And the unrated version has the extended rape scene. You see, yay! Oh, oh it's it goes on and on. It's not it, like it's so harsh and like I felt watching it. I'm like. This looks like when they were filming this, like everybody involved should have been ashamed of them of themselves with this because this is wrong on every single level. But it, having said that, this is a great revenge, uh, early '80s revenge movie. Like Charles Bronson kicks ass in it, of course. Uh, but man, this movie is just grueling and hardcore. So yeah, uh, thoughts on the remake? I don't know. Uh, I, I like Eli Roth. I like Bruce Willis. Uh, the trailer is meh-ish. I'll watch it, but I'm not... I don't know. It might be okay. What do you think? Uh, I, uh, a little too jokey for me, unless they're changing the story, the plot behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have much rather them gone for more gritty. Not this gritty. We don't... Uh, eh. Well, that's there's gritty and there's exploitation. That yeah. one a little more exploitation. Yeah, this is 
I mean, seriously, of all of the rapey type movies that I've seen, like Irreversible, Miss 45, and Death Wish 2 are about as harsh as you are going to get from, from what I've seen. Yeah. So, anyway. Yay uh, for podcasting yeah. and rapey right, shit. Yeah, yes, okay. Rape stuff. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> one more review from you. You mentioned it to me in the past, and you still have not got around to it in the last couple episodes. Uh, the Grey. You told oh, me you wanted to talk about that. Yes, yes. Uh, th- okay, this movie here is... When was the last time you've watched The Grey? Uh, let's see. After the theater, um, I found the Blu-ray for a pretty decent price, and I picked it up, and... Boy, I could be wrong here. I feel like maybe it was on Netflix for a minute, and I watched it there instead. Okay. I don't know. I watched it at home in some capacity. Okay. And I know that I own the Blu-ray, but I don't know if I actually watched the Blu-ray. I know that I, I, I think I might have bought the Blu-ray and it popped on Netflix at the same time. I could, I don't know. Okay. But I watched it at home at least once after that. And I, it, seeing it in the theater the first time and knowing the director, and it was kind of being billed as Liam Neeson punches wolves. This was the, Right yeah. in the height of Taken and Liam Neeson punching things and being a general badass. My expectations in the theater were like, all right, well, it'll be some kind of survival horror thing and it'll be all right. And then I walked, after seeing it in the theater, I was blown away that this movie elicited so much emotion in me. And uh, I know it's not maybe the greatest thing in the world, but I came out of that theater like, that's the best movie I've seen this year. Yeah. I think it came out like in February or March, so that wasn't saying much. But as the year went on, I was like, you know what? I'm still thinking about that movie, and it really kind of affected me. Yeah. And maybe it was a weaker year for movies or whatever, but I gave that movie the best movie of the year. And I was really pissed when it didn't even get a nomination, because I thought it was strong enough to merit a nomination. It's, it is. The trailer, the trailer sold itself as an action movie, and it isn't... Necess- it's more of a, a drama thriller. Uh, anyway, then on my second watch, it first watch I was fighting tears. Second watch there were tears. Yeah. This movie affects me, yeah. and it's the score. The way they whoever did the score, kudos to you. It's simple but effective, and it nails me at all the right p- points when it's supposed to. And I know that it's a simplistic story, but with the poem and everything. Yeah. I, but it works. For I me. love this movie. I, I, I love this movie. It holds up so well. And it is, it is teetering on the line of horror at times. Like this is almost, it's horrific. The whole way through is oppressive. Like there's rarely a positive uplifting moment in the movie, but at the end of the day, it's so, it's almost like a, what it's like to be, human and want to live and it's I, when so I, here's when I knew I would love this movie is right in the first act when he has a guy that is fatally oh, uh, dude, mortar, that mortally wounded and he tells him you're gonna die Yeah, he doesn't you're, lie to him he doesn't yeah. sugarcoat it he just says you're gonna die make your peace we'll keep it painless yeah. we all love you you're yeah. done 
think of a happy that place. That was when I knew that, I, like, this is when I knew that I'm going to love this movie, and there's no way this movie's going to get better than this moment right here. And then the movie did all the way to the very end. Yeah. And you're not wrong when you say that it's almost a horror movie, when that campfire scene, oh, when they're man. listening to the dogs, or the wolves in the distance. And yeah. In, I remember in the theater, this thing was fucking cranked, surround sound-wise. And... Those growls and where they were coming from made my skin crawl. This really is the get eaten by animals episode because (laughs) all of my worst fears rolled into one podcast. Honestly, honestly, of all of like that type of movie, like real animal type things, uh, and you know, not like like Jaws, I guess. This is right up there with the best of the best of that type of movie where it's nature run amok animal creature feature type thing the gray is so good and it's not just that aspect of it with the wolves it's the the interactions with the characters and how these people are dealing with the situation that they're in how are they going to get out of it or are they even going to get out of it or are they just like hey we're let's let's just make let's make the best of this and 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 asshole characters that have an actual arc yes they do i love that and become good people towards the end maybe and 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 you know uh. it's so good it's such a great movie this is the third time i watched it it holds up every bit as good i was stunned when i, I remember like when i lived in florida for a little over two years of all the movies i saw in florida the gray probably stands out above all other movies that I watched when I lived in Florida. For some reason, I think like Wait, when I think we, I thought we watched this together. No, I watched this by myself in Florida. Oh um, well, who the hell did I watch this with? I, I thought that you. I thought you. We watched this when you came up to visit. No, this was yeah. a this was a Florida watch because I, I remember I watched it on an odd day at an odd time, and then I went. I'm like, okay, I can't go home right now. I have to just go and have a drink. And chill out and have a burger and just think about what I just watched. <laughs> and be thankful that I'm alive. And thankful that I'm alive and talk to no one but the bartender that doesn't give a shit that I watched The Great. That's something like that. <laughs> and I'm there telling him about, like, you don't understand, man. The wolves, dude. The wolves, they were coming yeah. for the wolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's such a great movie. Um, um, I'm, uh, I was so, I, I was really annoyed that it didn't get a nomination for best pick. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought it was the best picture that year, and it and wasn't. I, it, I still it, give it a ten. Yeah, it, it wasn't just the uh, the the acting. Everything about that movie works so well, like the cinematography and, like you said, the score. Uh, everything, the pacing, everything is so so perfect in that movie. I'm very very impressed with how that movie turned out. And uh, what do you think about this director and uh, uh, Joe Carnahan? Do you like him? I love Joe Carnahan. Yeah. I love him because of a, a couple of podcasts I've listened to with him on. He's very open and honest and real, and he doesn't give a shit about the Hollywood games and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I, I love that so much. And to see this movie, like I, I almost, I, I can't decide if the trailer were the trailers were deceptively cut on purpose or if it was just missold by the studio. You know, because it yeah. really did sell it like, oh, it's an action movie, survival horror, thriller, whatever. But it was so much more than that. And I have so much respect for him taking on that project and, and doing it the way that he did. And, and it goes so against 
type the way that that script was written, in my opinion, with with like I said in the first act, him putting the guy down. Yeah, and and the way that the whole a, a suicidal character, and the way that the story unfolds, it is a flawless film in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it is. I agree. I'm so glad we're on the same page with that movie. That it, not that many movies uh, have that sort of an emotional response with me as that movie does. 2001 does. Seriously, like, that's in my top ten movies with... Oh, what am I, what am I trying to say? I don't know. I'm back well, to you. Well, no. <laughs> no, don't give up on that thought. Um, I understand what you're saying. It, it, resonate. Yes. Not that many movies can resonate where every single time you watch it, it can bring you... To, to tears because yeah. it is a perfect culmination of cinema where the it, the cinematography is amazing the writing is it what it is is the the what makes this movie the most magic is they feel like real people yes they do and like and it, it, especially when he's collecting their billfolds and pulling out the like pictures of their kids and immediately as a father i go to what would i do what how would i handle this being in a situation like that and thinking of my seven-year-old and my five-year-old, like, it so powerful. So powerful. Such a flawless movie. Yeah. And it very much is a movie for fathers. Yes, it is. It is. And, and men in general, I would say, because there's not really any... There's no women in that group, were there? I don't remember. Nope. It's basically just him having flashbacks of his wife, which, oh, that was... Even that was heartbreaking. Oh, man. And the way that that unfolded. Yes. Oh, that was so good. Okay. Uh, let's do coming soon and wrap this up. We're going long again. <sighs> Another long-ass episode. Uh, oh, shit, I'm up first. Okay, Midnight Meat Train is back on Netflix, and I will be watching that shit. I've only seen it once, and I loved it. One of my favorite directors of all time. Prepare for Japanese butchering of name. Uh, Ryu Kitamura, who did Versus. Mm-hmm. And Alive, and a whole bunch of movies that I love. And Bradley Cooper. Yes. <laughs> and British guy. Oh, you started the name game. I thought I'd throw it back to you and see if you knew who it was. Shit, I don't. Uh, Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, Vinny Jones. There you go. Uh, Free Fire. I will also be, I got that from the library. From director of A Field in England, which I may or may not be finishing this week. Uh, what's his name? Shit. Uh, D- is the Tower ben, movie? Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley. Yeah, Ben Wheatley. Who is kind of hit and miss, but when he is hit, holy shit is he hit. Yeah. Uh, everything else that I've got coming soon I've already mentioned before. So, what do you got coming soon, dude? Okay, I've got a movie called The Barn that I'm going to be watching coming soon. And I'm hoping that it's going to be a Ty West type of movie. It's supposedly like the ultimate 80s throwback of (laughs) 80s-ness. Well, it's not called House of the Devil, so false. That is false. (laughs) Yeah, it's The Barn. But supposedly it's very 80s. I can't wait. It looks really, really good. Uh, So we shall see. I'm always looking out for those Ty West type, like, Movies that truly nail the 80s. Uh, but other than that, uh, I'm trying to stick with... I'm trying to do a good 
cross between movies that my wife likes and movies that I'm wanting to watch in October for Horathon. So wife is on a Disney kick, so we're watching The Little Mermaid and and some other Disney stuff. And then on the flip side, I'm also trying to watch my horror movies. Um, I'm thinking about. I'm just. I'm thinking. Okay, I, my stack is so long right now of movies that <laughs> I'm. I'm wanting to. It's all right. We'll, we'll save it as a mystery, and we will find out next week. <laughs> mystery horrorthon. Ooh. Uh, okay, that's gonna do it for this episode. I'm Eric Marner, and I'm Eugene Weaver. See you next week, dude. Bye. Bye. for listening.